Like, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. You're in a white town. You guys are gonna get fucked with. Yeah. <laughs> a little preventative. Yeah. Put you in this class. Yeah. That's funny. That's interesting because growing up, my dad was one of those, um, you know, typical old school Indian dads that just expects you to be able to know how to fight. Yes. You're brown. Your last name's Ali. Be yeah, a fighter, just right? Do it, yeah. yeah, just do it. And growing up in an area where everybody either fought or you got bullied, you had to fight all the time and sucked. Right. And <laughs> needlessly. But asses kick, but it's a different era. Yeah. Different era, right? <laughs> Thankfully, different era. What am I key holding? Right? It's a fancy ass mic, Mike. Not really. It's it's Sen- Sennheiser. Yeah, it's an old one. It's a good one. So that's the mic on the street mic. Oh. It's okay. kind of like uh, MacGyver together. MacGyver, <laughs> you're not that old. You don't know MacGyver. I have to say, like, we just got our first Sennheiser product, yeah. these headphones, oh, and I was like, I'm not going to lie, I was, I'm pretty, like, disappointed. Yeah, it's old. Wow. Oh, you're underwhelmed. Yeah. Oh, underwhelmed. Because we have, like, all, like, all our headphones are, like, Audio Technica things, nice. yep, yep, and, yep. like, it's great, and I was like, oh, let's just try, let's just try something else. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. It just, like, doesn't stay, like, it's just not. That's unfortunate, because the name is, like. Synonymous. Yeah, like it's supposed to be really good. With, with excellence. Is that good? Yes, you're amazing. It's hella, hella disappointing when you expect something to be dope and it just falls flat in his face. Yeah, so. It's really <laughs> cool. Okay, so that's just recording there. For this is going to be like the full edited episode. Yeah. And then that one down there is live streaming Twitch. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like, you have to have it available on every platform possible. Sure. And you never know which platform is going to be the platform where you find people that are actually yeah. interested in your content. I was actually just more. today thinking about Reddit because I just don't do anything on Reddit. <laughs> and then I was like, because I can go massive, on there and see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's massive though. And if you know how to use it, I, I don't know how to use the Reddits and the subreddits. I got kicked off of Reddit recently. You go know what? I got kicked out of Reddit. For what? For living. Can you kick yeah. Like, like, okay, so I'm I'm trying to market for goddamn websites mm. on there, and I don't know how to do it without talking about. It, okay, so that's the thing. You don't know how to do it without talking. About yes, that's what do you mean? the thing. You can't talk about your website. Like you, you can't, can't you can't spam it and sell on it. You got to creatively talk about it. So I got to put my creative writing to skills to work. To use. Yeah, yeah. So they kicked you off or kicked you out of a group? Yeah, they said you you can't. Post for a little while, whatever. Yeah, yeah, your account gets suspended for however long. Free speech. For free speech. (laughs) Well, we all know, like, I think it's plainly obvious how the algorithms are built to stunt specific growth in specific communities. I think just just today there was, like, a report put out saying that um, Facebook as a parent company doesn't deliberately try and minimize the voices of POCs, but... It's a byproduct of their algorithm, which basically means the algorithm is programmed for the benefit of one specific group of people. Right, right, yeah. I see people using the N-word all the time on social media. Yeah. Writing it, saying it, sharing videos of other people saying it. That's the written house. And nobody gets banned. Algorithm. Nobody gets banned. But the second you write white person, like you can't even yeah. can't fucking spell W-H-I-T-E. Yeah. You gotta put some, you gotta put W-H-Y-T-E yeah, it's, or... Yeah, it's Y-T-E. Can you imagine the whole algorithm's rigged so that you cannot <laughs> say white people? And it's different. 
we can't say yeah. that. Like, because if we, <laughs> if a colored person says white person, then it's oh. immediately like, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no, stop that. Yeah. And, and they actually pretty much admitted mm-hmm. that the algorithm does do this. Well, we know how, Interesting. though. Not how to fix it either. Uh, what's gonna happen with the meta when the meta comes? Is how's how's racism gonna be in the metaverse? I wonder. You know, like how are they gonna censor us in the fucking meta when we're walking around okay. with our little android? I hate you, right? Like, what are they gonna do? Have a little cartoon racism? Like, what's it gonna be like? Yeah. Hey, okay? it's interesting to think this is a serious matter because everything's going to change with that metaverse as soon as everybody right. puts the goggles on, like. But can I see. go on there and just like make myself whoever? Yes. That's the thing. So are they going to limit you to your specific profile pictures and what you look like? Or are you just going to freestyle it and come out like a unicorn? I think you get to choose your thing. Then I don't think that racism will be like that because... Well, there'll be undercover people with, you know, never mind body dysmorphia. It'll be like avatar dysmorphia oh. disorder. But like, okay, because you know? there can be people like me who are like, I mean, I would never do this, but I just think like there might be people who look like me who are like, I'm going to present as a white person yeah. and just like live freely. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Yeah. Right? Right. Like, yeah. Like, and were then, you from Wagner? Uh, and then there's gonna be some white people yeah. who go on there and present as black and yes. just like hey, so brothers pop, pop all of the N words yeah. yeah, that they've been waiting for. Full yeah. fantasies. Yeah. You know what's so nuts? We were just talking about today um, how you and me have been in a vehicle together, mm-hmm. and if I'm not driving, I feel guilty as fuck. Like what, Jay? You don't give a fuck. I don't give a single one. If I, I, I know it's terrible. I know it's terrible. But Anderson Packard song. If you're not driving. Is that? You said if you're if you're not, not driving, driving in I'm paranoid as fuck. Like, not driving in Tokyo. Yeah. I know you're not supposed to talk in the car. But I enjoy talking in the car. Yeah, it's, just <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's a 90s thing. Not his thing. If, if, you, if you were to see me stoned, you wouldn't know I was stoned. So it's yeah. not like I'm de- it's detrimental sure. to me as a person. Yeah. I'm justifying it like crazy. But... I feel nervous as fuck. And I, I remember sitting with you in the car and you're like, just fucking light it up. And my car's looking around at cops and stuff. Right? Yeah, it's cops. You don't have to even think about it. I don't think about it. And I had a conversation with another friend of mine that's, that's white as well and says she doesn't care. She'll smoke anywhere. She'll smoke driving on the highway. Yeah. Wait, you know what that is? That's uh, privilege. Oh, <laughs> do you know why I do it? Because I know how to talk to police officers. That's you know what? what? I'm gonna tell you something, buddy. You think that's what it is? Because <laughs> you both could say the exact same thing, and the outcome is gonna be different. Mm-hmm. But most, and I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just say that I, I, I really know that. <laughs> but with that said, most traffic cops or like highway and all that shit are all brown guys out here. It's getting there. It is. There's lots, but the, here's the problem. Lots. Okay? They're all designated to brown. Uh, to, <laughs> oh, brown guys right here going out on the highway out of speed But we're not saying it's, Dude, it's, it's, it's not just white law enforcement that's racist. It's just law enforcement, period. Yes. I think they we, run as I will group. also raise my hand for that. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I think absolutely. it is. Yeah, because when you it's put a that, bias. when you it's put that color up, well, I mean, it's, it is, I'll tell you why it is a race. It is a race thing. It is racism because these are the folks who then prescribe to, right? Like they are people yeah. of color, yeah. whatever that color might be, whatever that background or ethnicity mm-hmm. might be, and mm-hmm. they insert themselves into 
an agency that was built on racism and then adopt those ideals, right? And at some point they already did and whatever. I'm gonna say the thing that I always say, I wanna generalize not every single of color co- of course, like this, of course. And that's whatever. common sense. We shouldn't yeah, even have to exactly. Say it. Yeah. However, yeah. I just know this <laughs> to be true that there are some color folks out there who become police officers and like they're just out there and they're just blue now like yeah yeah are you new i know a guy kai who became a vancouver police officer he was a brown guy from uh surrey friend of mine and he was like dude he went into the weight room on like his first week as a rookie and he went in there he's like on the bench press right one plate you know these guys are juiced to the max yeah max and he was like buddy it's brown guys workout time white guys workout time asian guys workout time he goes that's how it is they roll like that and he's like it's such a gang mentality he got bullied off of the bench for us that's weird that's gross i guess i guess it's until they get in the field when they're all the same color because i've never seen a video oh sorry i've seen one video of um a cop being the aggressor in a situation and kicking the shit out of somebody and another cop stopping it i've only seen one video where that's happened and the guy pulled the cop off, and then that got afterwards. The guy that pulled the cop off ended up yeah. being fired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, that's I've only seen once. So yeah. it's it's not about it's not all of them. It's not about because uh, in a sense, it really is all of them. Like I have a family member that was just a normal brown guy, had a normal guy, everyday guy, everyday just regular day. chill dude, and Everything he all of a sudden got the itch to become a cop. Oh. And oh. it started with um. So he. Became a cop and then wanted to enlist in the military. Yeah, yeah. And when came you back. Become a cop. You go to the military and you become a cop. Well, and, and then he came back and, and, and now he's in yeah, exactly. his what, right? But yeah. the, the fucked up thing for me is like, so he went to Afghanistan. He served for like six months. Wow. Like that. And I remember we, it was an Eid. We only saw him on Eid. It was like once a year kind of thing. And we were chilling, talking about um, his deployment and stuff. And I'm like, uh, I had to ask him, like, did you? actually end anybody's life. Yeah. And he was very forthcoming about it. He said, yeah. And then uh, I said, can I ask you how many? He said, yeah, three. And I said, okay, now, did all three of those people look like you? And he said, yeah, we're all, we're all the same same skin color, but they're the enemy. Yeah. Worst crazy. You, you can't even rationalize no. at all the byproduct of your effect mm-hmm. in that situation. Mm-hmm. Scary. It is very scary. I mean, imagine that you have to make that choice, right? But that's where we're at now with this vaccination. We're doing the same things. You know, we're always being faced with like these <laughs> military-style options that we have to make in life. Hey, it's it's crazy. Absurd. Yeah. It's it's gone to the point now where every single week there's some military action of some kind happening, whether it's a weather phenomenon or it's like <laughs> Shit. right, yeah. or it's like somebody getting beat up on the street. You know, my friend lives in Oregon, where the Rittenhauser thing was, the kid, what's his name? Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse? <laughs> right? He's uh, in that. Rittenhauser. Here, yeah, Rittenhauser. That, saw, that sounded way more German. <laughs> I want to make him super German. Rittenhauser! Yeah, I'm sure he right? like that, yeah. Gets off. He's expecting, whoo, shit's going to go down. Not a peep happened. You know, and thank God, someone else is God. Thank someone else is God that... Nothing happened, right? But nothing happened. You know, that fucking sucked. The one time when people should have popped off should have been this fucking decision in the 
and it doesn't happen, dude. It's it, right. It's it's horrible. Man. I it's think horrible. I think there's too much, and now I think people are so far removed from the feeling of being angry about it because it's so blatant yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like you, you raised like an interesting point, and I think that's totally correct because like people are tired. One, mm. like everyone's mm. just tired of repeating themselves and yeah. their head against the wall, right? Mm. And like. I think it was like before the summer, right? My my bro, um, he was talking about. Um, I think he Shut took to, yeah. <laughs> he took to Instagram to like talk about a racist experience he had in Ladner. Um, there's multiple, so I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I'm pretty sure it was like he went to Starbucks in the morning and like these white people there didn't like how he parked his car and told him to go back to where he came from. Yeah. And holy fuck. Yeah, man. and then so he, you know. He, was talking about it on Instagram mm-hmm. and then you know some people like came through and they like called and messaged and they were like yo what the fuck what the fuck like yeah. and they were pissed like a lot of white people like yeah. his friends like people we knew were fucking pissed right Crazy. and then when we were on the podcast recording afterwards he was like you know I, I took to Instagram to like air this out and people came through, but like no colored people came through. Yeah. Like, yeah. where are y'all at? Like, what happened? And I was like, I want to like offer an like alternative or an ex- explanation, mm-hmm. which is that a lot of the colored folks were probably like, it's just another day. Just another day. Yeah. Oh, that happened to you too. Because like, it really just is. Honestly, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. just it's just life, right? Yeah. And you know, like he came home and he was livid. Mm-hmm. Like he was so livid, of course, mm-hmm. right? And then like my mom and dad are like, what's going on? And I tell them, I'm like, this just happened. And, and my dad was straight up like, well, like, why did he park his car like that? Right? Because, wow. like, they don't question anything. They weren't yeah. talked to. That This is just the cost of yeah. us living here. Wow. Default that's apologetic. That's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's really tragic. It is. It is. Because it's, it's not our world, right? It's not a world that was built for us. It's yeah. not a system that was built for us, by mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So this is just the cost of... Existing yeah. in this society. And the apathy is real, man. And like, I, I can't blame anybody that's a brown skin person for being apathetic towards it because when you, like, just think about the grand scheme of things and the collection of immigrant groups that are in Canada alone, mm-hmm. right? The diversity of immigrant groups in Canada. Just in BC, let's say, mm-hmm. you easily have 30 different ethnic groups in one province in Canada, easily. And almost every single one of these minority groups can say that their countries have been made, you know, unstable and unlivable because of white supremacy, colonization, the after effects of it. So you have all these people leaving their motherlands where they're connected to directly, living in a country that doesn't want them there, Mm -hmm. but it's because of that fucking country that they're there. Right? So I think that... It's such a mindfuck. It is. (laughs) crazy, right? They bring that burden with them. Yeah. And when they have kids, they pass that burden on to their kids. And it's, they, can't, they can't help it. It's not like, you know, brown people believe in therapy. Well, but the kids can help it. And so instead of really thinking about why our parents and grandparents didn't do the things that they should have done, we need to make sure that the kids do the things they're supposed to do. Because that's the only way it ends. Then that's the only way the past doesn't exist Right, but what if what if you are of that generation and you are the one that has that weight on yeah, you? Yeah, that's on you. Right. And your responsibility is no. for the next one. 
For sure. But, like, what I mean is, like, what if, like, I agree with you is that, yeah, it is the responsibility of, like, the, that identifying generation mm-hmm. to be, like, no. Like, I'm not going to do that, Pretty right? Bad, yeah. But what about that, the responsibility of that, knowing that, that, okay, there are things wrong with me because of stuff that, like, my folks have passed down. Yeah. So I gotta fix that. So you gotta do that while you also work on getting over the old stuff. And that's a lot. Yes, but your ancestors traveled in ships and half of them didn't make it to certain countries. 100%. You know what I mean? So we've all had a burden. Then that's the shitty thing about this is that eventually, if we continue to take on burden, eventually one day there's gonna be none. There will be no burden. I certainly hope cross. so. Like that is like in a perfect world. If I was to like you know wave a magic wand, absolutely. I think that there's so much that, especially this generation specifically, like like I think like us like millennials and the, the older millennials specifically are really like identifying oh, these issues. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean yeah. that's, that's, I don't that's know. That's, that's, that's forty six into the chair. <laughs> As Gen X slinks <laughs> out of the room. <laughs> but like it, it is like it is this this generation that's mm-hmm. like going like hey wait wait a second yeah. guys there's some shit that's wrong you guys are the best right and we're we're really trying but at the yeah. same time we're also like carrying we're, we're still carrying the weight of like our parents shit right and yeah. we not only do we have to like get over that stuff but we have to also be understanding of the fact that they our parents will not take the steps to figure it out and they will continue to do those same behaviors and like re-traumatize you right like it is constant right so it's like there's a lot of weight on us to then also be smart enough to not let that shit affect us and that's hard and then you're being asked to succeed (laughs) as well like we haven't talked about you know yeah trying to survive and then thrive and then succeed and then be able to create something where you can, you know, look back and say, like, I, I did something. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it takes, I think the way you think in your age demographic, you're not the majority. There's a small group of, of like-minded thinkers that have this outlook that things need to change, mm-hmm. which means that at some point you were activated by something. Some, mm-hmm. was it an incident? Was it a moment? Sure. Was it like a pattern that happened? Yeah, good question. I don't know. I think I've always known that, like, something was wrong. Always. Mm. Right? Because I think that, and, like, you'll probably be able to relate to this. Like, we're not really taught to, like, critically think or question anything. I was not, at least. Like, Mm. my brother and I were not. No, definitely not. And it was, like, it just is what it is what it is. Mm. Right? And so, growing up in that kind of, like, household and mentality, like, you kind of just, like, whatever is done to you, you just... Exactly. You're like, okay, this the world is this what is it is, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so you don't question it, but you kind of know that something's wrong, right? Like, so you can say from like a young age you felt Yeah, like I feel like from a young age I was just kind of like, I don't really agree with this, but what am I going to do about it? Yeah. Right? What am I supposed to, what am I supposed to like step to what my age, dad what, what and have you, him put me What down? age are you having these thoughts? Shit. Um, like... Whatever. My brother's four years older than me, mm-hmm. and so, um, and he really like he rebelled 
from an early age. I hate to use those labels and words just because he was just like a normal normal kid. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, normal kid by the standards of like where we grew up, Mm -hmm. right? But like our parents were not like, you know, those parents that we grew up with, right? And so he, he challenged them a lot. And so, you know, being four years younger than him and then watching the things happen that did, like, no, I didn't agree with him, like, smoking weed and cigarettes at a young age. Of course, of course not. But mm-hmm. I also didn't agree with, like, corporal punishment as the yeah. as the default. The default. Yeah. I didn't agree with, like, you're just going to stop and that's it. Yeah. The end. <laughs> that, but none of that shit helps, right? Like, so it just, you know. Hold on. You just said you're just going to stop and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, you mean stop. Stop. Like, you know, like, there wasn't any, like... There's no conversation. Yeah, there's no, like, hey, I'm going to sit down with you. Like, I want to know why you're smoking weed. So that's, an, so that's an important distinction. No. And I think I think that's a really important distinction, conversation. Yeah. There's no parents. connection. There's yeah. no conversation, no connection. It's just, my word is the last word. You don't ask why. You don't question it. That's it, right? That's it. And to me, you know, that's what they know. That's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because... That's what they get out there in the world in their like menial job workplaces, yeah. right? That's yeah. what they're. That's what they got from their parents. Yeah. That's what their parents got from their parents, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. then when we get up the ladder, we get to that's what the Gerritias got yes. from their masses, yeah. from their overseers. Well, it becomes right? family tradition after mm-hmm. certain generations. It becomes instilled in your in your tradition. Yeah, family. it's like just our it's like genetic our... makeup is just. Right, like, and so now, what what's supposed to happen is that I'm just supposed to like get more and more pissed and resentful, and yeah. then grow up and like do the the regular linear things, even when I'm not necessarily ready, right? Like, yeah. get married, have kids, oh, not be, not yeah. be able to like do anything. Yeah. Um, wear you know, shorts, like, can't go to the party. Yeah, wear shorts, wear shorts and a tank top. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm supposed to do all of those things and then like just do the same. Yeah, I'm just supposed to be angry and then like take it out on my kids, right? That's when I get mine. I get mine when I have my kids. And yeah, right? And I'm like, sweet, you're gonna make your life a living hell, right? Like and then at, at some point like we've seen that shit and we're like, Oh, actually no, like I'm super good on that, you know. So you, it's like a pattern of years before you started to feel like you were activated and wanted to do something to change well yeah like i think like eventually like when i was like in like my mid-teens maybe i was just like well why like Mm -hmm. why is it so bad for me to go for a walk outside in like the world's Mm -hmm. safest town i know that it's all white people here and we experience a lot of like snarky comments yeah right like i was not necessarily and like again this is like this is my privilege because like I'm a female like I did not feel physically unsafe most of the time mm-hmm. um there were times here and there like I've been spat at I've been Jesus. yeah I've been like spat at by dudes and like yeah like I've been like you know said all of the things to me mm-hmm. but like it was my bro who was absolutely like directly he's yeah like, he was actually physically unsafe yeah. in in a lot of his teenage years right exactly yeah but like at some so i can understand why my parents were so like at this point in my adult life i can understand why my parents were so like you can't go outside because like it's a treacherous world out there but there wasn't any of that there was no conversation it was just like i just don't want you outside the end um and then also just control right control is a really big part of brown parenting right and so like i couldn't 
do anything and so then you start to like question like well like you know like he does everything he wants right like he's the physically unsafe person but he's a boy so he can go yeah. do whatever he wants yeah. but i'm in here like you know athletically and excelling like academically excelling yeah. like doing all of this shit that you're telling me i'm supposed to do yeah and i haven't earned anything <laughs> yeah i haven't earned anything out of it you know and so it's a really tough environment to like figure out who you are yeah oh my god i had no idea no idea when did you figure that out um when i was 16 i tore my acl for the first time Shit. what were you doing soccer were you playing soccer yeah damn and i was That's really good it was really good was it left leg yes yeah always i'm a lefty yeah Your defense, defense mid mid it was like a outside mid damn it's always yeah. the left acl yeah and uh my whole identity was sports i did everything basketball volleyball soccer mma like everything and that was all i did because that's what got me out of the house mm-hmm. right and then i didn't have that anymore and i was like oh my god what do i do i have like no hobbies otherwise i have no other interests i have like no idea and like nobody talked that through with me like Nobody asked me how I was supposed to be. Just like altering traumatic experiences. <laughs> yeah. What's eye opening, especially if nobody comes around and you know, like especially when you're left alone, because that alone is when you yeah. figure it out. Like those those traumatizing alone moments is when you find yourself. Oh, it's like in prison, right? You sit, well, a guy goes to the hole in prison. Mm. His first day in the hole, kicking the door, bam, 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 angry, angry, sure, angry. Yeah. And then the next couple of days, you settle down, you get into the pity self wallow mode. And then after about five days, back in the day, they don't do it anymore. After about five days, you start to think about it's yourself. It's a long time. Seven wow. days, you start to really question your behavior. After about two weeks to a month, you start to really change. You don't yeah. kill yourself. You've now. like gone through like full introspection. Yeah. Wow. But you have to have some kind of like. You, know, you have to have like a complete breakdown to nothing but it's all, that to happen. And it's all relative. So you have the same mm-hmm. thing. So when you were down with your ACL, things were happening in your head. And you were questioning yourself and questioning your life probably. Right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. And you were left alone yeah. in your room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, great, this is my life. Right. And you changed. <laughs> yeah. It. I don't think it was for the better, though. Because mm. I just didn't, I didn't have anything else to like, latch myself onto, yeah. I guess, and um, I was, like, physically unable to, like, do things, so I couldn't even, like, escape, <laughs> um, and I started playing soccer because my dad put me in soccer, oh, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, right, I was, like, yeah, eight or nine or something, mm-hmm. and, like, we just, like, went to a community center, <laughs> I even had no idea what was going on, right, mm-hmm. he signed me up for soccer, he's like, sweet, this is what you do now, and I was like, cool. And then I was really good. I was like naturally good at it. Yeah. And then um, you know, he for from like age eight to nine to like until I injured myself, like he never missed anything. He was at every every single thing, every single tryout. Uh he pushed me. I went to BC Summer Games, I played Metro Games. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. I like I I did it and I was like, Cool, this is my ticket out of here. Yeah. Right? I was like, we can't afford like fancy university, like I'm out of here Mm -hmm. with this. And then I hurt my knee, and like we had no connection oh, or relationship. Oh, so his identity—that's his identity with you. Living through you. 
Absolutely, right? Like, and I think that's also like a mad PGM thing. Oh, it's big like time. living vicariously through your kids, right? Yeah. Which is yeah. like, I don't know, kind of toxic. I kind of get it. It's yeah. toxic, but like, oh, I kind of get it, right? And now I, I see it, like, I mean, it was kind of shitty then. And then, you know, once the connection, like, once there was nothing there, there was no connection. Yeah. And now I try to look at it as like, okay, I am, I feel like now at this point in my life, I'm doing all of the things that, like, they, probably mm. would have done mm. could they have mm. if they knew they could have done these things yeah. and that actually makes me feel kind of good because yeah. like i don't get pressure to like you know go get married and have babies and stuff you're very and, like, fortunate in I'm that way super lucky that's, honestly that's very rare yes very rare. i am yeah. super lucky right like i'm 30 years old and oh, wow. i have no I didn't think you were 22. <laughs> hey, I didn't think hey, she was like 22. I didn't think you were a She's yeah. just a combo. It's that melanin, yo. So, yeah, yeah, it absolutely is, right? Like, you know, like, my parents are like 64. You'd never be able to tell. Like, everyone still thinks my mom is my sister. I mean, I, I think so. I think that, like, the thing with women is that, like, you, like, I think that women, I think there's definitely some women who just know that they want to, like, procreate, yeah, right. that, you know, when they are born. Like, they just know. I was never like that. I was more so like, I need to trust someone enough to procreate a human with that. Smart. I don't trust yeah. nobody. Smart. Like, that's quite the undertaking. Mm-hmm. And, like, if what well, my prime example of it yeah. is what it is, yeah, I'm yeah. super good. Yeah, no, it's a hell. It's a hell life. <laughs> no, it's not, man. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I, I grew up in some hell. fucking traumatic circumstances. Yes, no, a very traumatic upbringing. And yes. when um, when I had kids, when me and my baby mother had kids, I should say, um, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I was absolutely nothing like my parents whatsoever. I get it. But I inherited religion, mm-hmm. right? And I brought that with me for the first couple of years of our married life and mm-hmm. upbringing of our first kid. And then I found cannabis. Yes. And the day that I smoked, um, no exaggeration, okay? The day I fucking smoked weed, the very first day, all of these walls that were up blocking Mm -hmm. my thought process just like fell. Wow. Yeah, so things like religion and. You're never reading the Torah again. Yeah, (laughs) these antiquated belief systems. I just kind of like, this is all fucking. We were so brain no exaggeration, okay. We were yeah. so brainwashed and yeah. growing up I never saw a Christmas tree. Wow. Whoa, in, in my house never happened. Never. Never not what, one what year single was your first year. Christmas tree? Honestly? Yeah, yeah. You fucking laugh. My daughter was five. Wow, good for you. Four, yeah. four, sorry. You made four. It. We broke. Every single shitty cycle yeah. that wow. my parents put upon me, we changed. And it's crazy because I see it in my kids. I have a 20 year old boy, I have a 14 year old girl, and I see how trauma free they are. And it's mm. fucking mind blowing. That's pretty good. Wow. Because they're just like, they're just free to think, free to express themselves, free to be just whatever version of themselves they want to be. That's they exactly decide. Right. Yeah, and, I'm, and, and I see it now, and I'm like, holy fuck. It's not their fault that they fucked up, but they really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I like to say this thing, like, you know, when we know better, we can do better. And like, Facts. mom and dad just did not know better. Yeah. Like, they didn't, right? And mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't like hold on to that shit anymore at yeah. all. Like, I think I really, really used to, especially mm-hmm. with, you know, what I what I saw it do to my brother. Yeah, that really, really sucked. Uh, because.
because his life was really hard, just living in the town that we grew up in, like with just with the bullying and all the hate that he used to get, especially as a boy. Mm. And then, you know, to come home and not have any type of supports was just like, where was his safe place, right? Where were we supposed to go to talk Holy to anybody Jesus. about anything? Yeah. yeah. And like his life could have been so different, mm. right? And like, we feel like, you know, we're taking, we're trying to take all that shit back now. Yeah, 100%. Right? And, and like rewrite rewrite our future and rewrite some things for ourselves but like it's it takes a while yeah so how do you so obviously you know growing up in an Indian household therapy is not really a thing do you find yourself self-diagnosing or actually do you actually go to a therapist yeah so I never that was one of the things from a very young age where I was just like I should go to therapy we should go to therapy Oh, like, you were on it? Yeah, like, oh. like from a very young age, those was one of those things where I was just, like, questioning it. I was just like, why does it, it exist? Like, what is going to be so bad? Like, I just, I was like, it's for people who aren't okay. Yeah. I'm not okay. I should go there. Like, wow. it makes sense. Right? And so I was never, I've always been an advocate for therapy. I never myself got, uh, like, formal therapy mm. until I was an adult. But it was something that I suggested to our, like, entire family. Yeah. From, mm. like, my early teens. Because my brother was, like, just so messed up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mm -hmm. we all... But it's all of us. Like, we're all not okay. It's not him, right? For sure. Right? Because I think that's the other thing, especially in brown families, is that we try to, like, point at one person and be like, you're the problem. And if you fix yourself, Mm -hmm. then everything's going to be okay because you're the one who's fucking everything up, right? And I was like, no. Like, this is, like, an everyone thing. I I was able to see from a very young age that, like, my brother wasn't just the way he was on accident. It was... It was... For some pretty specific things that you could write down, bullet point chronologically, and it equated to what it did, you know. And so um, it wasn't until I was like in my mid twenties where I was just like, I'm gonna go to therapy because I'm like just not okay. Um, it was actually because I was in a bad relationship, um, and I really wanted to. I went to therapy to. become become more secure because um, I was I was blamed for being insecure in my relationship and the, the onus was put on me to change my mindset so that I could be yeah. okay and with all your these... partner making you feel secure yes yeah absolutely yeah and so I, I went to regular therapy I think my brother was going for a few years already just mm. because um, of like all of his issues mm-hmm. he was like more on it which was terrific and it was kind of sporadic but he definitely did it mm-hmm. um and like now we're like yeah regular advocates for regular therapy wow. we go regularly like really good. all the time yeah it's it's one of those things where like i feel like you know if you're um if you like have a heart attack one day and like you're a heart patient now mm-hmm. and you have to take regular medication you don't just stop taking your medication like mm-hmm. once you're not yeah. like presenting yeah. symptoms or you feel like you're okay it is something that you, yeah. you continue to do. Interesting. And so I really feel like I will, like I'll never stop. Um, there are times where I go more frequently than other times, oh. but I don't. I don't for think you, I could ever stop. Not for well, okay. Thanks. <laughs> you had some fucking trauma. You you've never done you never done the, in, uh, uh, I can't tell the truth to a therapist. Hmm. <sighs> Up. So why even bother? Because what would happen if you did? I just can't do it. 
I, I, when I was uh, nine, ten years old, they flew in Dr. Uh, Arno, Don Arno, I think he's uh, the world's leader in child psychology. They flew him into Victoria to talk to him. And I sat there and manipulated the guy at age fucking ten years old, and to the point where he's like, no, he's lying. Like, no. And I've just, in my whole life, never trusted. Ever. I've never been given any reason to trust anyone. Facts. And so I live with major, major, major trust issues my entire life. So until I can get over the trust issues by making good friends that I can count on, you know what I mean? And like having good people around me that I feel secure around, mm -hmm. I'm never going to be able to get to a therapist. I'm not going to trust them. I, I, I did online during the COVID. I did an online. I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go for therapy. So I called, and they're like, well, we're doing online therapy. So I'm like, okay. It's not the same, especially the what first What is this? Time. Yes. Yeah. It's not the same. Can't do that. Especially so, the first few times. Because I, I did the online stuff during COVID, too. But, like, I was, like, very sorry. lucky to be very, like, established with my therapist. Mm -hmm. And I've heard just horror stories about people not finding, like, a good therapist mm -hmm. for a very long time. Or, um... It just not being a good fit, you know, because yeah. it's like any other relationship. Yeah. And like that has not been my case. I've been super lucky. Like she's incredible and she's like this super cool young white girl mm. who like honors everything about me. And yeah. like that's so important. That's, that's awesome. really, really important. Yeah, but super apparently hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, white female therapist? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to find that kind of like, Connection and relationship, right? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's like many of many of her, but um, you know, like a lot of people of color will will gravitate towards like a therapist who's like them. That's exactly what I did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, and that's yeah. fair. I think a part of it for me was the understanding of the um, the cultural impact. Yeah. Of how the culture can devastate you just to begin yeah. with, mm -hmm. exactly. and I think because they have that understanding, their approach. I want to say their approach is different, but their approach is. I think you don't have to explain anything. That's yeah, it. Yeah. The details. Yeah. It's, details. it's incredible. I yeah. completely get that. Yeah. I completely get that. Well, you can sum up a lot with you know, you know. Yeah. Yes. Okay, boom. We get mm -hmm. here on our own outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, and a, and a part, of this, part of it for me is um, my, my activation with Malcolm X, reading the Malcolm X autobiography. Mm -hmm. Completely mind fucked me at that age. Okay. Because in our culture, we didn't have any, any heroes. Mm -hmm. All of our heroes that were sold to us were either religious mm -hmm. or Bollywood, right? Mm -hmm. And Bollywood was fucking whack. So lame. Oh like, when you look at Hollywood... <laughs> back in the day, back in the... Further back. Further Remember back. that one? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So, 80s? Hey, man. He's been a DJ, he understands. You know what? Like, but that's the banger that everyone all... Remember the 80s? It was always amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Everyone was but just even all the white kids at my yes. school were like, "Hey, Ange, do you know Tunac, Tunac, Yeah, Tunac, Tunac. And I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. And then they would play it for me, yeah. and I would be like, "It's not Tunac, Tunac, Tune, you But think about Hollywood in the eighties. Yeah. Think about who represented Hollywood. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone. He's fucking douchebag. But as a you know, seven, eight year old, you're looking at these guys, they're fucking superheroes. They're like legitimate yeah. superheroes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you look at Bollywood and these dudes got pot bellies and <laughs> they're pink dancing half movie. This is not a fucking hero. <laughs> I always so at, yeah. And I always think it's a joke. Lip a, a part of me always looked at <laughs> our culture as a joke. 
and they're all light skin. You know, there's no relatability at all. Yeah. Well, but that was how they wanted it to be. I just think they didn't know better. Well, I grew up with all Indian people in my entire life. Mm -hmm. My entire life, dude. My entire life. And the one thing I feel like I have a great grasp on is Indian culture. For the simple fact that I've seen guys go from young to old and they've never changed. Their whole fucking, the whole way they are, it's just gotten, they've just gotten gray hair. They haven't changed because they're suppressed. You learn to be suppressed and you stay suppressed, right? The fucking Bollywood and all that stuff back in the day was a joke to everybody growing up in the 80s, right? It was a joke. Hey, hey, everybody walk around, right? Like, oh, hey, hey, right? Remember? Everyone's a joke. Yeah. And we yeah. looked at it as a joke because it was so colorful. Yeah. And it was like this colorful. It's like a spectacle. Yeah. Spectacles of yeah. circus. And it's and it's what Indian, I believe, it's what they wanted the world to think. I believe that's how it was. They wanted to work. It's almost like this. It's like when you go to a new school, doesn't matter who you are. You go to a new school, you go to a new class, you're a young person, you try anything to fit in. Right? You try to wear something nice maybe so you're yes. colorful so people look at you and notice you or you know you play the clown or you're, oh, I'm an idiot oh go fall on your head you know what I mean everyone laughs at you but they like you because you're this new lovable idiot at school mm -hmm. and I feel like that's what we were taught to do I feel like that's what cultures still do to this day they sort of play a part play into a right? Type, right? And, and so it's easy to yeah. get in and then we love you and you're not threatening and then you kind of grow right because ultimately a stereotype exists for a reason mm -hmm. yeah right and those reasons are generally valid there's some <laughs> truth obviously that's why it's funny that's why yeah. people can laugh at it I, I i think that but the problem is you have to have an understanding for the stereotype to be funny right as opposed to it being insulting or you taking it personally yeah sure that's, that's yeah. part of it too that's the biggest part yeah motherfuckers take that shit hella personally yeah and you wouldn't be able to go see a russell peter show if you don't like stereotypes because these yeah. stereotypes oh my goodness <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Did you ever hear the? I know this is kind of crazy, but I heard this on um, Jerry Springer, and <laughs> and when the guy was like, "Yeah, well, you call me a honky, right?" You ever hear that? No, you ever hear someone ever call someone a honky? I have. Have you? Yeah. I've never heard that word you in my life. You called N word. I had nothing. Honky. Else. What's, what does that mean? I had nothing else. Yeah. What I mean? Yeah, I believe my brother says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I, I, yeah, you yeah, you feel like yeah, I have nothing else. That's right? equivalent. And actually, just recently, I told my brother what because uh, we were recording an episode, and I was talking about how we were talking about how like you know when um, the the overseers on the horses would come and they would whip the kiribidias yeah. in the in the field, mm -hmm. and I said like he cracked his whip, and that is the origin of the word cracker and it he blew oh, his fucking oh, mind no he was like oh my god like that's not even offensive like that's that's for real like that's for truth like yeah, that's, that's what it was and i was like yeah like it's not that's you can't brutal. say that shit and like i mean sure someone might take it personally and be like yeah. oh my god i'm not a slave owner what are you you know but the, it is different like it is absolutely different from like the n-word or anything else like i really do feel like once you've like the N word is here. Like, there's nothing. There is yeah. nothing that you can't say. Yeah, I really yeah. fight at that yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing that you can do. But the thing is, for me, I've been called the N word more by white women than I ever have. By That's uh, weird. Yeah. What? Because when they get agitated, their default is the N word. And then I can't do shit. I'm not gonna go hit somebody over that. But I'm an MC. I got words. Too. Yeah. 
I just don't have that word. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. So, my two mind blowing statements after another the cracker and the, and the, the white chip. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean, and the, how dare they? Oh my wow. goodness. Like, and it's just also just, it's also like a self burn because yeah. it's like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, like, you don't know what a so black bad. person is, it's you don't know what a brown word. person is. is. Yeah. It's like, get your racial <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't know how to deal with it well, I gotta say. I don't, I don't react well yeah. in, in that when that word is introduced because, I mean, I could cut somebody up with words. I was a battle rapper for a long time. I don't know how to use my words, but that word, and I think it's more triggering because I, I come from that school that I was taught to love myself by someone that was extremely militant, mm-hmm. right? Malcolm was so militant. And he taught me to, to love what I look like and love who I am and respect mm-hmm. what I am. And he demonized the fuck out of that. So every time I hear it, my thinking right. is just trapped in that oh, yeah. Malcolm mentality. Yeah. And I'm sure if you could fight, you'd punch somebody up for that word. But I don't think you didn't have to man. I'm undercover brother, and I hear it all the time. And, you know, a lot of white guys think I'm fucking white, right? And so they, I hear it all the time. My, re- my experience with racism is listening to it through other people's mouths, mm-hmm. directed at other fucking people. Right, because you should be a safe space for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a real easy person to deal with, so everyone lets loose and becomes themselves. Ugh. Always. Always happens. And it's why I have zero friends. <laughs> all of you people who are watching me. Yeah. I mean, not all of you. I also have, I have friends, but I mean, it's why I'm very limited in my interactions because it's a very racist city. It's a racist city. Yeah. Yeah, it sure <laughs> is. It sure is. And you know what? That's really shitty and unfortunate because yeah. there are so many... Um, like beautiful things that could have been built and made mm-hmm. with more unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, our our producer is this white dude who's like just the biggest ally ever, and he like you know is when I went to him like with my idea, he like supported it incredibly, and like we we say whatever we're going to say yeah. on the podcast every week, right? Mm-hmm. And he has been questioned before, like don't you. Like, don't you get mad? Like, how do you feel when they say the things that they say about mm-hmm. white people? Mm-hmm. And, like, he knows that he's not one of those white people that we're talking about, yeah. right? Like, he's an ally. He gets it. He knows that. It's common sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. But it's not so common, though. Facts. Though, is it? Facts. Right? And, like, if if relationships were more like that, like, and people, like, white people were more like him, mm-hmm. like, the world would be such a beautiful place. Like, this could be such a beautiful place to... Like, yeah. create so much beauty and art and, like, work together. Yeah, and actually become a strong country instead of this kind of, like, weirdly uh, big country that is has no identity, you know? We struggle. Everyone struggles to have self-identity, and there's no real, like, Canadian identity. Dude, I prefer us to not have a national identity. Well, it would be nice to have a real unified identity where it's, like, a real know. safe place for people to come, like, It'd be really nice, man. Like, we, we're shifting everybody who comes here, we're pushing them to the prairies. It's utopian. Yeah. It's utopian, sounds nice, but I mean, like, dude, there's so much repair that has to happen before there could ever be any unity or any kind of compromise. And, like, right now, like, literally as we speak, there are protesters trying to stop the pipeline from being built, literally right now, that are being directly assaulted by the RCMP as we 
have this conversation. Yeah. There's land defenders being arrested, violently being arrested, and there's celebrities all over North America talking about it. But if we can't even get simple shit like that corrected, there's no way we're going to these utopias. Yeah, simple, simple things like having access to clean, drinkable water. Yeah. Like this is this is Canada. This is supposed to be like this is the first world, right? This yes, is a free world. This is where everyone comes to like escape things like yeah. that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we have so many communities that don't have access to clean water. Okay. We have so many communities that don't have access to reproductive health care. Yeah. Like that's that's pretty basic, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like healthcare in Canada yeah. is. It's it's kind of great, but everywhere else, yeah, (laughs) it is. It is supposed to be a basic right, and Mm. like we have women and folks who get pregnant in the northern territories who have to fly to like Edmonton and other places to give birth because they don't have the healthcare. Right, they don't have access to prenatal Mm. care. Mm -hmm. Um, They have to do that on their own dime. Right? Do you think politically? With the current system that we have, that it could be changed. Let's just say there's a monumental shift, and Jagmeet gets like the prime minister. I was just gonna say. So like, here's the thing. He's great. There definitely needs to be more of like a step one, step two, step three, because there there tends to be a lot of like, we're just gonna do this. Well, how? We're just gonna do it. Yeah. I love your attitude. Yeah. No, the cash has gotta come from somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. yeah I. The thing is, is that like we have the ability to solve all of these issues right now. Yeah. We're just not because we don't prioritize them. We're also under the thumb of the Americans and we're being held back and from doing a lot of things because they say we can't do that. And that's a big, big, big issue, right? Like, you know, we give them everything and we are dictated to by them. That's the shitty part. Pretty much. Pretty much. And that's the unseen X factor that we don't Look at our electric vehicle situation. He's putting a stomp on the electric vehicle. You know what I mean? The tax, so now no one's going to buy out of Canada. You know, they, right. they, requ- they need that. You know what I mean? We need it for our car industry's toast. America's going to take over this EV thing. They're just going to kill it. And they're going to stomp on Canada's system, man. We're going to have nothing. Right? It's like little things like that. You know, they think, you know, we got all this oil. Why don't we just not make oil? <laughs> so let's just not yeah. make oil let's just yeah. say fuck it no more oil but the problem is we don't have all this oil we don't to get to the tar to, to get the tar sands to become oil it's one of the most labor intensive and water intensive processes that tar. exist on the planet man it's not Cut like off the tar. it's not like they have wells and the oil is just shooting out of it mm-hmm. they're taking like gigantic you know Glossal tons of the like, sand yeah. and like Straighten the shit out of it to try and get to whatever bottom of the barrel shit that there is that you can turn into crude. So we don't have we don't have oil, man. It's not. We're just strip mining whatever's left of that pit in Alberta. It's disgusting, man. Yeah, like what what is our thing? Like what do we got? I was just talking to like one of my coworkers. He used to he's Pakistani and used to live in Kuwait. And he was was telling me about how in Kuwait that I didn't know this. There's no tax there. They don't they don't. No one gets charged for anything there because they're just sitting on oil money living yeah. their lives. Yeah. What? Royal family's in charge. What? Yeah, yeah the 90s, man. Kuwait. Remember Kuwait? <laughs> Saddam tried to take it. Saddam tried to take it. He knew there was this like... He knew. He knew. He knew. He knew. Oh, yeah. Fuckers are fantastic. And we're rolling in. 
tax free. But but even even I don't know how we got Saddam, but even even <laughs> even with Saddam, like you remove him from the the Middle East, mm-hmm. and then it's a complete breakdown, a complete shit show. You take Gaddafi out of Libya, you take Saddam out of Iraq, and the whole fucking thing falls apart. And now the entire Middle East is at war. Whereas when Saddam was around, they obviously I'm not saying Saddam was good. But when he was around, the rest of the Middle East act, didn't act up. They acted right, right? Because yeah. he was like the big bully in the, in he the was schoolyard. The he yeah. was like, if you have a strong dead. grandfather, you know, that always shook your hand. Facts. Your hand. Facts. That was who Saddam was. Yeah. Your family grandfather, like, shit, don't look him in the eye. Big facts. But he <laughs> held it together, right? Mm-hmm. And grandma still fucking made him tea. You know what I mean? And, you know, everyone feared him in the home. Nobody liked him, but yeah. Right, that's exactly right. Nobody so, liked him, but everybody feared him. Yeah. Now, weird. Okay, being a global majority, how the fuck did it take? How how is it taking so long for us to eliminate this blanket of white supremacy that's all over the planet? Hmm, that's a good question because it's ingrained in our systems and we were built from it. We being Indian majority. No, I, I just mean the global majority. Like it's not in, white. It's not white. Yeah. By a huge measure. The, the systems are white. The systems are yeah. white. And we can't dismantle white supremacy without dismantling the systems first. And the systems have kind of been in like a real big spotlight, especially in, in the US. Massive spotlight on the inequities in the system. Kyle Rittenhouse just got off. Yeah. All charges. All charges, yeah. Not even a fucking gun charge. Yeah, so can we can we talk about that? Because yeah, I was doing some reading, right? I came prepared because I was like, okay, we want to talk about this. And this is like, this is really silly, mm-hmm. right? So like, there were a total of six charges and like most of them, you know, related to actually killing people. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's this one here that is, you know, the actual possession of a dangerous weapon. Did he not? Wasn't it? Don't we see? Don't Mm -hmm. we see? But don't we see it? Don't we see the video? Like, isn't it there? It was there. He showed up from another state with a weapon. So he's from Illinois. Yeah. Okay. You know how far that is? Across three borders. Okay. It is like 330K. Okay. It takes like, that's like a three, three and a half hour drive. (laughs) So, like, that's like us driving to like Kamloops or something right now. And being like, oh, we're just here to protect the businesses. That nobody asked you to. Right? So. And they they rob human nature. Sorry to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. Human nature is driving for three hours. You would at least once have that thing where you go, I should turn back. Right? It happens with everyone. You question your, and then you say, no, I'm going. So it showed uh, intent. Yeah. So, you know, all of the other things aside I mean like how surprised are we like you know a white supremacist system held up white supremacy are we surprised even at the expense no. of white lives yeah right yeah. there you go right like are we surprised no like mm-hmm. we're mad yeah but we're not surprised mm-hmm. but like the gun charge like he got off of that because his lawyers argued that you know there was like a subsect of a, a different piece of law that applied to um, a different type of gun and a the judge accepted barrel, it? Yeah, a different barrel gun. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. And, and then, like, all right, let's yeah. And then charge. the lowest 
lowest of the lowest rung possible, even just like the being out past the curfew, mm -hmm. which is just like, you know, a, a, like a fine. It was like a couple hundred dollar fine. The judge still said that the prosecution didn't provide enough evidence to prove that. But there was the rockets like, <laughs> like he got bailed out of jail. White supremacist without telling you white supremacist. Yeah, he got bailed out of jail, two million dollar bail, off of a GoFundMe. Imagine how many fucking people had to put in to get to two him. million? People came through for him, yeah. Like gangbusters, like it was nothing. Yeah. And then he gets off on all the charges, and then Matt Gates, who's a colossal piece of shit, um, is trying to hire him as an intern. That's what's gonna happen. Yo, it's a mess. Yeah. And this is the same Matt the Gates. Be elevated. Well, this is the same Matt Gates that was crossing the border with underage girls in his car doing cocaine. And married, guy, right? married, married with kids, strong yeah. conservative Christian, like all of them. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to hire him as an intern. Now, I, what I do think Trump's going to do. Oh, uh, dude, Trump's already congratulated him yeah. on, on the charges being dropped. Now, we're all, all on social media, I guess, fortunately and unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And this conversation with this verdict is raging on social media circles. And there's always a group of people that wants to just. You know, exalt him and, and put him in this position of well, um, you, you wouldn't put yourself in that situation. Well, no shit, idiot. Why would I go to a different state with a gun when there was no violence in this area at the time? Nobody was shot that day in this area by anybody. The only time people were shot was when this shit had showed up. And I think the the prosecution had a great point that like if you choose to go to a a, a tense situation armed. Self-defense is out of the question. Yeah. Because you put yourself in that dangerous situation. Right. Yeah. If you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation, you can't claim self-defense because you know you could potentially be harmed. And not even that argument could stand up. No, because it was... There was video evidence that they said suggested that he was attacked first or whatever. So he was, you know, it was... He was defending mm -hmm. himself mm -hmm. or whatever the hell. Okay, like, you know, all of, all of that shit aside, like... Fine, whatever, right? Like, he, he, he was He was he was defending himself. Okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not like I don't think I would. You know, when I was 17, take down and drive a few hours. Like, and you know what? You and I wouldn't. You know why? Hell no. You know we wouldn't, <laughs> right? Because like I don't have bulletproof skin, right? Which brings Doesn't me exist. to my next point, yeah. which is when after he did it, he walked towards the cops, and they did nothing. And you can hear folks saying, hey, he just shot them back mm -hmm. there. He just shot them back the there. And they didn't even arrest his ass. No, they, they did something, though. They said, good job. Yeah. And they gave the motherfucker a water bottle. You need some water? Right. Yeah. You so, water so nothing happened to him then, right? Can you imagine if, like, all Jacob Blake had to do, had to do was have a knife. And he posed a threat and got shot seven times, like, mm -hmm. the end, the end. Mm -hmm. Within seconds. Right? Mm -hmm. What if, what if that was a black dude that had done that? And he was yeah. still, like, black dudes get shot yeah. all the time with their There's hands no up way still. would have been dead in a minute. Come on, man. Philando Castillo, Tamir Rice. We could have a list that would go for hours. Right, but, like, here's yeah. the thing, though, is, like, would he even have, like, I question even whether this even would have happened, like, if he would have even shot the second or third person, because... 
no one else shot him when he did it, right? Yeah. The white people, the white ones were the people who had the guns, yeah. right? No retaliation. And like no one, like there was no black people no, there with no. guns who shot him. And, and if it was a black person who did it, yeah. there would have been white people there right away who shot him. Immediately. You guys are missing one very important factor of all of this. And because we're all, you know, number one, there's a race war in America. It's a sign of war. It's brewing. It's coming to the mainstream. And it's going to explode and it's going to it's going to keep going, but there is a race war, obviously. And number two, right now is military. They look after their own. He right? was a cadet. He was. He's a fat buck. He was a cadet. He followed military websites. He was. He talked with military people. He fucking carried military. Well, yeah, that's weapons. how they. That's how they like mobilized. That's yeah. That's one how punch lunch. That's how one they communicated and found each other. Right. So. But like, you, what about it? That's the. That's why he got off. <laughs> but you guys, oh, military. I see what you're saying. Okay. So, so now on they top of that, that's what all they care about. But dude, he's got he's got two previous incidences, two previous criminal incidences of being a dangerous person. This is something that they they didn't even allow in the courts because he was underage. They had the record sealed. But he has two other priors before this. People act like he's some fucking saint, yeah. claiming self-proclaimed medic. Hero, yeah. They needed to have somebody to hang up on. Up on the fucking pedestal, yeah. whatever. And say, like, this is a good American. Yeah, and you know what? Like the the thing that is really so dangerous about this now is that this has really set the precedent, right? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of white people out there now who are gonna be like, cool, like he was good, I'll be good too, mm-hmm. right? And that is like Just so dangerous. That is so unsafe. Yeah. And I think what's even worse is that now it's like. You give them, okay, you give them the justification, fine, you're not going to go to jail, we're going to give you no punishment at all. Even if a person is not a shithead, mm-hmm. but they have a gun, mm-hmm. and they have a couple of the shitty interactions with people that are brown, mm-hmm. now in their, in their mind, it, that seed can be planted that, oh, I can kill somebody, nobody would give a shit. I could put a bullet in them and nobody would care. They can actually create that scenario for themselves. There's no other ethnic group that can create that scenario, I can go shoot this motherfucker and not go to jail. The fact that you can have that in your mind as a as some kind of a I don't know security blanket I guess to be able to have that in your in your mind changes everything then changes every changes the way you interact with people. But I don't believe that will be the answer. Right, the fact that he was supported by military militias is what got him off. I don't feel like another white guy is going to come up and go. I'm going to go pop some guys and get away with it because they don't. You see white redneck fucking pieces of shit getting busted for shooting people all the time in the states. All the time. Just watch the news on YouTube late at night and watch all the news clips from all the fucking cities, Detroit, <laughs> Chicago. I watch all that shit, right? Because I want to see, yes, probably 80% of that shit is fucking black people getting shot by fucking cops. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's it's really crazy. But there are so many fucking redneck shitheads out there fucking killing people. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. There's a race war in the states, man, and there's more of them too, right? Yeah. So the per capita, there's more white people than anybody. If brown people of color, if people of color decided, okay, everybody, we're going to war, white people would be fucking decimated in North America within probably seventy-two hours. Like, come on, think about it. Oh, for sure, man. Think about it. For sure. And if white people are like, nah, nah, man, that ain't happening, man. Now, I don't know what you're talking about, son. No, no, dude, straight up. Wiped off, wiped off the planet. Wiped off the planet. So, what does it come to then? Like, 
But like, what does it come to? What do we have to do? Does it have to be violent? Mm -hmm. Does it have to be for it to finally end? I mean, history has certainly showed us that, right? Because we we are where we are due to violence. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to say that I, I respectfully disagree that, you know, this isn't going to empower white people. I think that it, I think judgments like this and acquittals like this and results like this always lead to the empowerment of white supremacy. And it doesn't necessarily mean that like there's going to be a bunch of white people popping off, killing people. It just means, you know, this is just when they like go see. See, like I'm yeah. good. See, like he was right. Precedent, precedent. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. right in what he did. Second Amendment rights. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's it, right? That that's all they need, right? And it's. I felt the same when you know you know, Trump was elected and got off on his platform and started saying the things that, that he said, and everybody was appalled. And I was like, well, these people have been in the woodworks this whole time, and he's just empowering. And he empowered them for as long as he did. Mm-hmm. And like now they out here, <laughs> you know, like they have a voice and they think that that voice is valid. So right? They, they, they just continue to empower each other. They, they think that John F. Kennedy Jr. is going to come back from the dead? From the dead. To do with Trump. Have a cooking show? No, with Trump. <laughs> And the American military, and they're gonna take back the country. This is not a fringe belief. These idiots believe this shit's gonna happen. Yeah, but bro, it probably will. Can you can't really come back from the dead? No, no, I don't mean that part. But I mean about Maybe Trump fucking like taking back. Yeah, dude, Trump, Trump, Trump popping off, man. He's <laughs> nothing has stopped him. Nothing has changed his tra- trajectory. He's still probably gonna be president in the next election. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, who who else who else wins? You can't. And even if you win, no way, dude. She's not. She's even so seen. phony. She hasn't even been seen. She's funny. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Which is unfortunate. Super unfortunate. Cause it's like, yeah, it's very. It's very. It's happy. sad. She's a puppet, though. Like it's sad because I think she could have her own voice and be very strong. Is own. she the puppet? Because I thought that he was the puppet. That's I what I thought this whole thing. I don't was. think she's. I thought that he was she's the puppet. The puppet. I don't think she's as capable as we are giving her credit for because she's fucked up a lot. And, she, and she's and certainly like... Well, I mean, okay. And you, Tom. Do you feel some kind of solidarity with her ethnically? Because she's part Indian? It certainly like felt really amazing to see, see someone who looked like her there. And like, not just because she's like half Indian, Mm -hmm. but because she's half South Indian, right? Like, her mom is from the same place that, like, my mom's ancestry comes from. And, like, we never thought that we'd see that in the White House. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just a dream, (laughs) right? And so, like, that's terrific. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything that has followed thereafter is, you know, not incredible. Mm -hmm. It has, it's been, it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I had um, really high hopes for her, man. Like I really thought I did, dude. I was yeah. like, I think that actually, like, I think you're you're right, and I, I did too, because I think someone like her, uh, people like her in general, when you see something different, right? When you see a Barack Obama or a Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you there's this standard that's placed on them that's like you really do expect 
you expect more from them and I think it's like kind of fair to expect more from them right Mm -hmm. and I think that like if that were me I would feel a lot of pressure um to um yeah. to come out for all of, all of the girls Over who look like me, yeah. right? Like, I'd be like, you know, these people are counting on me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, like, who are you Just loyal to, right? Are you loyal to the man? And, like, you know, I don't know. But, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think that it was fair and valid to have some high hopes from someone who is the complete opposite of what we've seen in that mm-hmm. office, right? Just mm-hmm. as white men. Yeah, 100%. Because even as a Canadian, I felt hopeful when Barack Obama was elected, of course. Right. But I was like, this guy's going to come in, oh. and he's young, and he's fresh, and he's smart, yeah. and he was saying things nobody ever said. He came out in support of Palestine. I was like, what? <laughs> An American president in support of Palestine? Yeah. And he gets elected, and he killed more Muslims than any other president ever, including George Bush yeah. Jr. Yeah, he killed more Muslims than anybody else in his eight years as president. So it feels like it's just we're just being appeased with these little pieces. I think Jen Beats is the only time I've actually been like genuinely hopeful because he seems like he really doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, but well, his TikTok dancing he <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, like you're right, he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, a lot of people don't like that that he mm-hmm. is like on the TikTok and living his life and I'm like, so he's trying to appeal to a demographic that matters. Yeah. Okay, so what is this really about? And he's a human being having fun. <laughs> yeah. On top of it. Well, and that's the funny thing, though, is that, like, they're, you know, they, like, how many times have we heard of politicians, like, you know, mm. being friends with unsavory characters and, like, misbehaving, yeah. right? And, like, doing dumb shit. Like, mm. they they all suck. They all do dumb shit. Yeah. Here's one who's out here, like, doing, like, such harmless human shit and being, like, so criticized. It's yeah. remarkable. The dude, the dude rides a longboard and trains jujitsu. <laughs> it's too much for people. And we tie. It's too much. He's nice to a point where you almost get like, this might be the wrong person because he's shithead, but you almost get like Gandhi vibes because he's all love. He just projects love. Mm-hmm. Even in the, the circles where people have come out and openly been hateful and tried to beat him, just punches them all with love. And a lot of people fucking hate that shit. Yeah, that is like the the like strongest value or tenet of Sikhism mm-hmm. too, right? Is mm-hmm. like just love. Like yeah. you, you love like literally love thy neighbor, but like actually not bullshit. <laughs> like yeah. not like you know, I'm sure Live it. It's live like it. yeah, you yeah. live it and you yeah, you do come through for others and you 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 know you like insert yourself into like harm's way to like protect someone else like mm-hmm. he, he really does um like live and breathe that yeah. and and preach that and we've seen that so many times like in video and you know even like candid video right yeah. where he's been attacked in so many ways and yeah. he just like comes through like that character you know? lit him up with that tried to have that thing yeah tried to yeah Try exactly try to, but like he was good, right? And like he's he's really being true to himself. Yeah. And like, can anyone else really say that? Can anyone else on the yeah, same platform say that? It's not yet. a shitty thing. He's twenty five years way too early. You know, <laughs> that's true. He's he's mm. probably a generation too early. He's appealing to this next generation of kids that will vote, but he won't be around by then. You know, and that's really the tragic part. Like he. The problem with people voting, why I don't vote, this is why I don't vote for a lot of it, is because you don't, 
you can't really get your option that you want in life, you know, with something like, you know, especially with Jagmeet. When you love, you could love Jagmeet and for everything he stands for, but if you're too nice, the thing that thinks about you is, I'm gonna get pushed around by Americans. This guy's too nice. You know, like he's not gonna have the balls to stand up and be this. That's what people think. Can we write a book with that? Yeah, but everybody thinks that. I, I think he, like, he like speaks out against like everything. Like he calls dramatically. He calls GT out on everything. He calls everybody out on everything. Yeah, and just the voting people—they don't—they're not ready for that. Yet. I think they're not ready. We're I think when you it is very people. divided. Like when you look at like when you start to look at the results, like as they come in in the evenings, yeah. and like you see all like the like the blue that's mm-hmm. in the prairies. Yeah. it's. They just Fucking, vote because like, that's what they do. I think, I think white people don't want to have a strong brown person in office. They don't want that, man. No, no they don't want they that. Don't want they definitely to don't yeah. want a, a beard having turban wearing. Well, because he's he's threatening, man. Like people that are people that are highly intelligent and represent themselves well, especially when you're brown skin, you're you're not it's not a value, right? It's a threat. You become threatening to them. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think like no one, no one likes it when someone is so confident and sure of themselves in yeah. their own skin. No one well, likes can, that. Right? And, but Canada, it's more like that's not our identity yet. Yeah, I mean, Canadians are, are like, oh, what, what do what do we look like? And they're not ready for that. Brown. But yeah. why does that need to have like one distinct answer with like one word? Like, why is that? Like, why do we need to have this identity? Why do we need Don't. to look a certain way? No, just uh, we're just evolving into a better group of humans like we're evolving into and this is a rough patch you know the covid mixed this is with, a rough patch look it's been well, right now up, like fucked up rough patch. no 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 but what i mean is like this is a rough patch by of learning this is part of the transition time when covid has come all of these shootings in the states have all happened at the same time like it gotten this massive massive media run right okay. like this is changing things are changing so I think it seems like it could be a rough patch for some folks because this might be um, like a new world to some people. This might be the first time that they're hearing about it. Um, this is a conversation that a lot of people have been having since the day that they were born. And I maybe just want to like put that out there mm-hmm. into the world and offer that up to folks is that, you know, like it, it's fair that some people are coming to terms with um, like how the system that we live in works. It's fair that some people who didn't realize that they have privilege and benefit from privilege have that. That's totally fair. Um, I think it's really important that we like lean into this conversation feeling uncomfortable and like grow from it and like learn from it and all of those things. I think it's also really important to acknowledge that while a lot of the world is engaging in this discourse in the last year, year and a half. A large portion of us have been engaging in this discourse and asking and asking and asking and talking since the days we could talk. Yeah. So Yeah, but who's it more important for? For everyone? Yeah, but that's too easy of an answer. This is more important for the people who haven't experienced racism. This is more important for the people who've had their heads up their asses, because they're the ones that need to change. Of course, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we've been trying, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there's been, there's there's some folks who are a lot 
like easier to talk to than others and there's a lot of people who want to like question things and be like well like I don't like I don't benefit from that system mm -hmm. and like you know I think it's like pretty safe to assume that every single time a white person benefits from the system or benefits from supremacy or privilege that like you know there isn't someone that runs up to them with a ticket and says hey this is your privilege ticket for the day you don't know yeah. like you have no idea right like like we have no idea when we benefit from something or like why things happen the way that they do and that's fair right mm -hmm. are the people mm -hmm. who receive like the shitty end of that stick probably gonna see it yeah probably are the people who like receive racism and experience those things on a daily basis going to understand it and see it more absolutely yeah, and I think it's. I, I, I think one real important distinction is it's not our responsibility to make sure that white people understand and know it. It's not our job to make sure that you figure out how fucked up the system is that you live in. It's not our responsibility. I think mm -hmm. the fact that we have to identify all of the problems that exist in the situation while having had our identity taken from us at the same time, to reclaim that and then to tell you, okay, well, you fucked it up for us. The system is still fucked up. Here are all the things that are fucked up about the system. Right. Since you built the system, now fix the system. And why people like, oh, well, not really. Uh, it's not really my job to do this. It's not my job. Or, like, like, I, like, I specifically didn't do it. Yeah, like, now, now no one wants to take credit for it, but everybody wants to take credit for being a Canadian. If it's your country and you know there's all these fucked up things wrong with a big chunk of the population, fix your fucking country. Otherwise, don't call it your country. Stop taking ownership for it. Because if you take ownership for something, you gotta take ownership for all, all of it, right? All yeah, that you shit. Can't choose. Yeah, yes, you gotta take, you gotta take so ownership for the downtown east side. You gotta take ownership for poverty in its extremist forms. Because, dude, we have communities in this country that are beyond third world countries. There are so pockets that are beyond third world countries. Dude, there's places right. in the world that have running water, like just, you know, wells where they can get water. And communities can't even get that in a developed country, right? It's embarrassing. It's yeah. It's embarrassing. So when Jagmeet, a guy like Jagmeet tries to impose force onto the situation, well, we have to get them water. We have to get them dental care. We have to do these things. And then I, I, there was a reporter that asked, uh, well, uh, how are you going to pay for all these things? He's like, well, the same way we pay for everything else. Because <laughs> we do pay for everything else. Yeah. Every time America goes to a proxy war, Canada's the allied nation that's on the backpack, right? Okay. Yeah. The American war backpack. Yeah. Canada's, <laughs> it's facts. Canada's flag is always there. France's yeah. flag is always there. UK's flag. All these motherfuckers are in the same backpack on America's back. So, you know, so if, if we can pay for all those things. We can pay for fucking the things that keep people alive, at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... The only people that this kind of angry brown person affects, I don't want to call him angry because he's not angry. That's to be fair. I think he's more forceful. But that's the trope, though, right? And that's what works, right? Like angry black woman, yeah, angry, yeah. angry brown guy, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. that's just the trope that works for everyone because yeah. it, like, you know, that's the only box that anyone can find that yeah. fits. Who who did you who did you look to to be inspired by when you were coming up? Who would have been your inspirations that kind of activated you to feel like fearless? You know, I was recently asked this, and I don't actually think that I have an answer because I never seen myself in anyone. There wasn't anyone that I looked to and was like, awesome. I 
can be like that or I want to be like that or Mm. you know like there I mean obviously like I mean I do you know belong to the church of Beyonce and I love her and she's terrific Mm -hmm. um but you know I don't like see celebrities and like big names like in that way that Mm -hmm. like there really wasn't anyone who I felt like I could look up to or identify with that moved you yeah damn and even now until until this day have you found any heroes from Queen Bee I mean, outside of, yeah, outside of that lens, like, mm-hmm. that you can identify with as far as your actual ethnic origin, have you found any heroes that you look at? Like, I represent with that person now as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, again, good question. I will have to get back to you mm-hmm. on that. Wow. But I think it, like, motivates me because I'm also, like, I don't want, like, the next me to feel that way. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I really, I really Mm -hmm. want to, to, like, be the person that, like, I didn't have. And, like, my brother really wants that too, right? Like, that's why we were doing what we're doing because we wanted to, to put it out there and be like, hey, like, we, we know that you're out there too. Um, because we know that we're making something for... For people like us who don't have that example, who don't have like a male or female role model that they can identify mm-hmm. with or talk to um, or see themselves in, yeah. and I just I'm I am very you know at this point I'm I'm very inspired by like my close circle and I you know I really have to like actively uh, take the steps to you know preserve my energy and protect it and ensure that my circle is. Uh, like facilitates positivity um, yeah, and yeah. so yeah and so that's why I'm like really happy that like we've connected and yeah. that uh, you know we've, we've found the crew that we have and yeah. we're going to do amazing things um, but like we like we're going to be that for, for yeah for someone else yeah. right I just I just don't think that we we have that no and that's a great thing not to have it's great not to have idols and people you look up to. Like I think it's great. Well, because you 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 can be overwhelmed by their philosophy, right? And then when they say something that you don't agree with, sure, yeah. All of a sudden, that now you start questioning yeah. your idea. Are you conflicted, or do you not subscribe to it? Yeah. yeah, the hero worship, right? Problem. Because the one thing you got to realize when you're in a journey like Angelina. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hi, Angelina. <laughs> <laughs> right? Angeline. 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 Yeah. Right? So, you know, the journey she's on, her mind must be free from any sort of suggestion and persuasion. Right? When you truly find what your mission is in life, you have to walk it alone. Even with people, you still have to walk it alone in your own mindset, your own philosophy, your own you know, like ideas of where you're going, right? And that's why I don't listen to people either. Don't watch all that shit the motivation and all the people and all that even the rock <laughs> i don't even listen oh, to so the rock sometimes oh my god oh <laughs> my god but yeah you know what and i think like you just like summed that up really well actually like you just like perfectly articulated something that i was thinking i guess because i just i, I yeah, yeah i you i don't listen to nobody me. good at all like i just can't like i cannot <laughs> be told anything um i have to make my own mistakes I have to go through pain. Mm-hmm. I I have First to. First in the morning, go outside. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Yeah, I, 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 and I and I have to right and like I'm I'm fortunate that like my 
my while my mother is you know like from a very small village and mm-hmm. she is like a brown mother she is also a very strong personality and she very much so understood that about me from a very young age she'll still to this day try to tell me things sometimes but she knows that i don't listen to anyone if you don't want me to do something or want me to do something like don't just don't say it. i will do the opposite like if you tell me not to do something like i'm gonna go do it you're sigma female you know what that is no what research it when you go home okay s-i-g-m-a sigma female it's exactly someone's radar it's one of the strongest uh, like personality uh, identifications that there can be. There's alpha. You ever heard of alpha? Right, yeah. The sigma is right below it, but it's the most powerful. Mm, oh damn. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's probably you are. me. I mean, like I'm also like I'm um like I'm a good person <laughs> yeah. and I <laughs> sigmas are all good. Like I'm a good Alpha's person. Alpha is the bad one. Sigmas are good. But yeah, I, I, I definitely try because I think that I spent a lot of time not being real and like I think I spent a lot of time like people pleasing and that really yeah. involved not telling people yeah. the truth, not mm-hmm. people telling people like awesome. it is. And, and that's just... destructive to you, man, when you don't. Oh my God, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm... But so constructive in the building of a personality and building of the, mm-hmm. of the person that you're becoming to be able to understand selfishness mm-hmm. and greed and all these other things that maybe you've experienced or done in your life, right? You you see it now. You don't feel like you need to be inspired? Uh, no, no, I get inspired when I meet people like her. You know what I mean? I, I get inspired when I know that there are free thinkers out there and people who are like really trying to push a narrative mm-hmm. and make a difference in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we are trying to do it through entertainment. Yeah. You know, and so is she. You're trying to do it through entertainment in, in a way as well, right? Podcasts. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, but you're a free thinker. That's what's inspiring, dude. All these jokes on TV, it's fake. It's all fake. You know what one guy told me? He was a YouTuber uh, motivational guy. Okay. He goes, you know what, Mike? You'd be really good at this. I'm like, oh, why? He goes, this is all you have to do. Copy what I do. He goes, the secret... <laughs> so, yeah, that's gross. The secret so, to all of this is you copy the guys that are successful. So all these guys that are coming like up... It's a blueprint. Is, it's a blueprint. It's a blueprint of fakeness. So, okay, I, I get it. But I, I have a, a few individuals that have kind of shaped my thinking. And I think their blueprint... Without their blueprint... Me, personally, I wouldn't know where the next, the next step would be. Mm-hmm. Right? Like... There's a Indian politician that no one ever talks about, and his, his name is Dr. Bhumi Ambedkar, and he was like, kind of like a foe to Gandhi. He was one of the only politicians in India that represented the Dalit communities, mm. and nobody represented the Dalit communities mm. at all in India. And he was like fierce and ferocious, and he kind of laid the groundwork for. I mean, now they say they don't have a caste system in India. They obviously have a caste system. Yeah, stop lying. It's, it's, <laughs> not, it's not spoken of as a thing that happens, but it's blatantly obvious. Yeah. Like, so. And Ambedkar was one of the first people that started to push it into legislation that this cannot be something you can use to discriminate against people. Mm-hmm. And this is in the fucking 40s. And just now, they openly said, we don't have a caste system. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. one of the worst places in the world to live if you're a dark-skinned person, right? Yeah. And for me, if those thinkers didn't lay those you know, initial steps, then I don't think we would be able to be as fierce and ferocious as we are with our opinions here. Yeah. 
Because they had the whole world stacked against them. Yeah. Movie, right? And I, I think that's like true of every single movement. Like the work that we're doing today mm-hmm. is like we're not necessarily going to directly benefit from it. I mean, I think that things have been moving more rapidly, probably. Like you said earlier, that like, you know, the change is happening and coming. Um, but like, you know, the first wave of feminists in the 1920s like set the groundwork for me for to be able to do what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, the flappers like you know like it's it's all like everything happens yeah. over time over you know a very cold? long periods of time oh no you know what that's called what evolution <laughs> we evolve yeah exactly right and so I can completely understand that like thing the change doesn't happen overnight it's not going to but that doesn't mean that I'm gonna sit down. Damn right. Right? Like I really like should I actually procreate one day? <laughs> I wanna leave, <laughs> you know, a better earth for like the next me who looks like me. Um, and I want them to like continue this work, right? Because I strongly, strongly, strongly believe that uh, yeah, like, you know, I'm not the you know, I don't fit that ideal template or the mold mm-hmm. of, you know, every like brown daughter or whatever. Yeah. But I am doing now what my mom would have done at my age if she could have. Yeah. And you I should, know that. You should be the mold. Right. Because yeah. yeah, because <laughs> the mold the mold is subservience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you are the furthest thing from that thinking. Yeah. And it's crucial. And and I see it, man. I have a I have a, a daughter at home too and she's fucking fierce. And yes. she's like, fuck and yes. I, I see it in her all the time I see her interactions with people yes. I see how confident how she carries and stuff like that that's incredible that makes me so happy to hear because like when I was like 14 mm. and you know tried to say something I was just totally quiet right or like don't talk so loud or don't talk about this Damn. or don't wear so this good. or anything right and so it's good. interesting how the, those older generations will then like prescribe to this standard right like you know white people make the standard and mm-hmm. then and then a few people will buy into it and then, you know, try to, like, push it on, like, we'll try to push it on each other, right? And it's, like, like, when I came home with, like, all my piercings, right? I, like, had my septum pierced and then I got the other side of my nose pierced and my mom was just, like, ugh, okay, right? Came home with another tattoo and she was, like, I guess, right? Like, she doesn't love it, yeah. but, like, she knows who I am and she's, like, all right, and my dad was straight up like, that doesn't look good. Like, mm-hmm. why did you do that? He's like, that, get out of the house. Right? Because like this, <laughs> like the first nose piercing I got was actually when I was like nine years old, I asked. And but it's so like, Indian yeah, though. because it was cultural. Yeah. Right? They were like, okay, cool, whatever. And then like, I, you know, started doing my own thing and mm-hmm. I got my septum pierced and like my dad was not having it. And my mom was straight up like, well, I don't know why you're getting mad at her. Like our grandparents looked like that. That's exactly what they did. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. like, like, Tribal yeah. give me like this, yeah, 100%. right? And it's like they they're so like brainwashed and prescribed to this this way of thinking, right? Like we have we yeah. live in a world where we have to perform whiteness every day in order to get ahead, yeah. Yeah. and like I'm just I'm so tired. It's exhausting. Of it. <laughs> it is, yeah. I'm so you tired. just can't be yourself, you know? Yeah. Like that would almost be the tired, most tiring part, you know? Is that you're not yeah. able to just let loose and just yes. be. It was, it was, I absolutely, I feel 
definitely 100% more comfortable in my skin now, but there was mm -hmm. like many years where I really didn't, I was so uncomfortable. I was like, I really gotta, you know, I gotta straighten my hair every morning and I have to look a certain way, I gotta dress a certain way, I gotta, I have to speak a certain way, everything. You know, I have to like sit right. I can't be like gesticular with my movements. Like I can't do anything that's me because then I will fit into this other label or box yeah. that someone has made up for me, and then that's gonna be it for me, yeah. right? And now I'm just like, this is it. Yeah, that's the best way to be. Yeah, this is it. It's the way the rest of your life. And you know what? I have found that actually, like, I have. I have a lot more success if if I can call it that, like being myself. Mm. Like not only am I just like yeah. so happy secret. <laughs> all of the time, but the, the response that I garner from others is incredible. A lot of people who don't look like me, a lot of white people who like support me in everything that it, I do mm. simply because I had the audacity to be myself. Mm. But I had to do that in order for them to come out for me. That's great. Right? And like I, I really learned that when you really are your most authentic self, like your people will come to you, right? And Hell talk yeah. About this. Your people Hell will yeah. find but you. But even more so, people will leave you the fuck alone. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That has been a blessing. Let me tell you. Okay? Yes. And you know what? Like, there's so many people more. that I just, I don't, you know, I can never see them again. And that's so good. Yep. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of like fuck me in the corporate world, but I'm okay with it. Sure. That's all yeah. I'm okay with it. And sure. I, I understand it. I, I understand it because I, I see the bigger picture and I see where the bigger picture is going, right? Mm -hmm. um, but a few questions before we get out of here. Just like the great and wise Arnold Drum. You take the good, you take the bad, right? You leave the rest. Yeah, take good, take the bad. Arnold Drum. Different strokes, right? She's too young. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you know different strokes. Oh no, shit. <laughs> right, 30, right. It wouldn't have existed. What you talking I mean, about? I don't, I don't, you were the reference. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. yeah, okay. If you were to suggest um, books that people should read to help them overcome their own biases, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, um, so like a great place to start um, is So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijeoma Alou. Um, it's like very, it is not that big, <laughs> it's, it's like a really easy read, and it's super like layman, it's like it is not complicated, it's not hard, um, and it's super real, and it's- For everybody, reading for everybody, yeah. not just white people, Yeah, everybody. it is, it really is, like I got a lot of value out of it because it really articulated some of the things that I was feeling that like I didn't know how to put words to, yeah. um, and yeah, it is, it is really- um, you know, it's it's written from the lens of a black woman, um, but it is, you know, for anyone who wants to learn how to talk about race, mm -hmm. and that is like, to me, that's simple. Like that's mm -hmm. like a simple concept, right? And mm -hmm. so that's a terrific one. Um, another more challenging one for um, for challenging because of the content is. White fragility. Oof. Big one. Yeah, because that that's just, that's just hard for some people to to come to terms with, and that's fair because I really like I'm an empath, and I really I really had to I didn't have to do anything. Let's be real, <laughs> like, right? Because like 
people of color sure. don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, I, I had a um, a coworker um, say to me in the last uh, year, it was months ago at this point, I'm at an old workplace, but they said like, you know, like it, like I have only become aware of my privilege in the like since the murder of George Floyd. I didn't know that that was a thing, yeah. and so like I'm you know I'm really coming to terms with this, and I'm and I'm trying, and I'm learning, and like yeah. you know, and like they were really great at like having conversations with mm-hmm. me, um, and they were open to it all. But I also just was like, hey, I need to be understanding about this too. Like, how would I feel if like you know, yeah. the, the rug was pulled out from under me one day, like, in this completely it's other way. Very, where they, very kind of you. It is, and, <laughs> you know, and, you know, it's funny, because, like, you remind, you remind me of my bro, because my bro was just like, you need to fucking stop doing that shit, and I was just No, no, I, I, think, it's, I, I think it's a beautiful characteristic. I'm just saying it's, it's very kind of you, and I'm not Yeah, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't, I just don't see the benefit of, like, yeah. me being like, Sigma, well, like, yeah, I'm just trying to... You're not a you should know better. No, it's right way to be, though. Like, the thing is, is that... The thing is, dude, the fight is not in these little things of correcting people all the time. You know I mean? The fight is a little bit bigger than just individual battles that you make with people. Yeah. I, I get what you Yes, saying. thank you. Know you. Yeah, so, like, the time that I put in to, like, you know sit with a coworker, an old coworker for 45 minutes and explain the layers and layers in the racism of calling me the wrong name and the name of a different, the only other ethnic person in the yeah. office, you know, explaining that. Do I have to do that? No. But I do things like that because I can see the bigger picture, bigger picture. right? And that's important to me. And mm-hmm. also for me, like, you know, accountability is love to me. Like there's some people who like, I won't, put in the effort like I do have to pick my battles because it is extremely emotionally taxing but like if you are someone who I have in my life and I value you in my life I will have to have yeah I'm gonna have to sit down with you and we're gonna have to figure it out and we're not gonna be able to leave it to the side because Mm -hmm. I don't have the luxury of Mm -hmm. thinking about it later and forgetting about it right like accountability is love to me and if you're gonna be in my life then I'm going to hold you accountable because you're important to me. If you're and not I think important to me, then I won't. I think it's really important that you said that, that you don't have the luxury to forget about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to hear that a little. Yeah, you know, if I, if I had a dollar for every single time someone said to me, hey, can we just, can we just like put a pin in this? Can we talk about this later? I don't want to get into this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I need to get into it right now because mm-hmm. like what happens here is going to dictate what happens later, whether you're still in my life or not. This yeah. is, you know, this is my life this is really important to me. And like, there's two things that I don't fuck with. It's racism and misogyny. And if you mm. have an inkling of any of those in your blood and your bones, then yeah. you are instantly yeah. repelled. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. So we- I hear like you would unleash a hell that nobody has ever felt before in their life. Like, I feel like you have that ability. You know what? I think I do. Yeah, I feel like yeah. you have, like, you because you come up very nice and you're very. Like, you've been so smiling the entire time. The entire time? <laughs> yeah. But inside, I feel like there is a battalion, right? That will be unleashed into the world with fire and cannons blazing, and if something ever happened. 
And just, you know, if it does happen... Yeah, so let them know. If it yeah, yeah, happen, it will happen. You, 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 got, you got your back if it does happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I, you know what? It feels off. good yeah. to say. It feels good to hear that. And it feels good yeah. to have the confidence in knowing that I do. Yeah. Because that's also not really been a thing, right? No one's, mm-hmm. like, backed me up when I've stood yeah. up for yeah. something. Man, and, like, I will back you up anyway. I fucking <laughs> love you. I think you're amazing. I'm so you're glad amazing you came too, on the show. I know I'm a little off, but that's all good. I, I oh really, God, I'm like the undercover brother, man. You send me in to like <laughs> with the vest on. Assassin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh no, we. I know. <laughs> I know. I know what I have here. But um, we've been really deep the whole time. Yeah. So we're gonna end it a little lighter. Sure. Little um, you're obviously a, a fan of music, rocking the Aaliyah shirt. Yeah. Um, when you die. You go to your afterlife, whatever that is for you. You can take three artists' whole catalog with you when you go. Only three artists, but you get that whole catalog. What three artists would you choose? Okay. Beyonce, because that's... Of course, I already knew that was coming. Because it's everything. So there's so much diversity. Yeah. Everything, everything you want. Anything yeah. you want is there. Oh, wait a minute. Worst Beyonce song. Come on, just pick the one that you, I, when you hear it, you go, oh. I know, okay, like... Is it single ladies? <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that could be there. That song is popping, that, yo. That's a, <laughs> the song you go, I love B, but... Oh, yeah, um, like that Sweet Dream song. Oh! <laughs> a terrible! A beautiful nightmare! Good choice. This song is a beautiful Great nightmare. choice. Oh my God, it's Great terrible. choice. I used to play the remix for that one, oh, there's a really good remix for it. We're not big enough that they have to cancel us. Yeah, so we're good. But that's yeah. yeah, I know that song is just, ugh. yeah, <laughs> not good. Um, but yeah, obviously Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I really love, like, as for like big names, you know, she's the one. Um, but like, um, somebody like LMA. Yeah. LMA, okay. I love her. She's dope. I love her so much. What's her yeah, catalog? She's, she's just mm-hmm. different. What's her catalog? Uh, it's 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 still R and B, yeah. But her voice is just yeah. so yeah. remarkable, yeah. and yeah. she's just like everything about her is just very understated mm-hmm. to me, and just her style and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very unique. love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also someone who I feel like right out of the gates has the audacity to like be themselves, yeah. and yeah. I think that's pretty incredible. Um, and honestly, like, Kehlani. Oh, wow. I just love her. Fucking love Like, her. love her. But here's and the... she's so fly, too. She's just... Everything yeah. she does is so fly. Exactly. She looks fly, the yeah. music is fly, she's, she's got yeah. it locked. Yeah. Like, you have no, like, Tupac. Or yeah. Biggie. Like, what happened? You, know, you, don't, you don't need any, because... any men in your catalog. Um, well, no, because they will always have the stage, no matter what, always, so, like, I'm, they'll be fine. <laughs> oh, no, no, I mean, for um, person. Oh, no, yeah, no, but, but that's what I mean, like, they'll, like, you don't need a male voice they, will, they will be there for everybody else, yeah. and that's okay, they can be there for everybody else. You can hear playing on another cloud, okay. you can um, But, yeah, there, I mean, I don't think that, like, that, I feel like there is, like, a Biggie song or a pop mm. song for, like, every... Emotion, yeah, yeah. right? Like there's like like every day, or even like a cube, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so true. I just, I really love to like just yeah, you know, like like chill and listen to that music. Um, but I also really really love to 
like dance around in my room and sing while I'm doing stuff and like that's do you know the kind of stuff that I do that too. <laughs> Mike, did you know that used to be my relationship with art? And that, that left years ago, obviously, but that's how it was for me growing up, was art. Right? I don't want to say his last name. Piece of crap. Right? But art, right? I'm looking at her shirt and everything. It's just, it's really, what the sad part about that is that that was the biggest part of my growing up was listening to fucking art. That's like, really like, and you know what? Like, you didn't know. So like, <laughs> no, no we knew. We knew it. We knew shit was. Yes. We knew something was. We funny. Everybody knew it was. We didn't clue was just in like, what the fuck? Because it was a PT. Yeah. Right. Right. And well, that. I mean. And and obviously, yeah, right. being underage. Yeah. But it's the times. The times didn't dictate for us to get mad. It was the yeah. time of life yeah. where we didn't appreciate and women and we didn't so treat them well. But that's what is so, so fucking up. good. That's so fucked up about it is like I can't so any like yeah. I can't. Oh no, I use repeat every play this. Well, the thing I is, is that like everything like you listen to the meat like they even like Aaliyah like AJ doesn't know the number. I'm just like I can never listen to the song ever. Ever. Um, so yeah, sad. everything. Even Choosy Love is a little creepy because Kelly wrote that too or parts of it. Um, but I got to meet her once. Oh well. Yeah. What? Yeah. Ooh, this when is she was, when she was um, making Will We Almost Die here. Oh well. Oh my um, god. For her brother. Even that was like when I think about that now, I'm just like, holy shit! Like she was making moves at such a young age. Like I, I, I thought she was. I thought she was everything. She would have been Beyonce before Beyonce. Seriously? Yeah. To me, she was like the greatest thing on the planet. Yeah. And then meeting her and having a good experience, like having her be nice, I was like, oh my god, she's fucking everything, just perfect. Yeah. And then she had the the vampire movie come out, you know, obsessed with vampires. I'm like, oh man, she's the greatest thing ever. Amazing. Way too cool. Amazing. Like, too cool for this world. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, way ahead yeah. of time. Way ahead of yeah. time. Yeah. But, with that said, you get to, you don't have any dirt on her. You get to enjoy her for the love and the greatness that yeah. she was, because there's no dirt on her. Dude, I don't know if you're a fan of Dame Dash, but when you hear what <laughs> Dame Dash says about their situations, fucked up, man. So, mm. like, R. Kelly raped her, raped yeah. Aaliyah. And she had to go through that and be in the public eye yeah. of being his so strong artist or whatever the fuck that situation was. So And yeah, being trapped in a world that didn't give a shit at the time. Because yeah, we smack, they back in those days, you see the adults smack a girl's ass, hey, sweetheart, and oh, girls are like, oh, you know, you'd have to take it. It was brutal in the 90s. The 90s were the worst time, man. It, it, I know women have had a fight the entire, you know, time, these last hundred years. I think 80s maybe a little worse. 90s were worse, too. Yeah. 90s were worse because 80s were more about, like, there was a drug era in the 80s. So nobody really paid attention to what was going on. And, you know, as men, there were a lot of men that were subjected in the in the 80s as well because a lot of guys were gay, right? And they were fake and gay, yeah. right? And so they were being used tons, man. Yeah. Right, so but the 90s were the worst, dude, because it was literally the if you think about it, uh, like women finally got that chance to have a say in the 90s. Like, misogyny was like hella celebrated in the 90s. <laughs> it, 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 I, I hate saying it, it really was. It was, it was yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, all my favorite hip hop artists had songs that are horrible, horrible to listen oh to, but God. 90s were the first time when women got to stand up and actually have a say. 
like actually have a say in it. And that was kind of after the Clarence Thomas, I think. Mm. Remember that time, like the Clarence Thomas thing, and then and then it started really kind of we you started paying attention to women and their rights, and then Bill Clinton passed the sexual harassment thing in 1996, right. and then it started. Nice. Happening. Oh, pretty good memory, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. You know, I'll just say that the you know what the modern day equivalent, or I guess the evolution um, of the the <laughs> the the ass slap is like when dudes put their hand on the oh, and they grab you. No, like just Jeez. on the small of the back, like when they just like like they have to make space. And they, they have like, to make space. They put the, their oh. hand on the small of a woman's back, like just a, just a. Oh, woman. that's a creepy. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like. Touching a stranger. Dude, if I, if I, if if you're one of my friends and I see you do that shit, I will publicly, publicly <laughs> humiliate you. Yes. For that shit. Oh yeah. Super weird. Oh my Super god. Super weird to feel entitled to like someone's body. Oh yeah, it's like weird that. to touch someone. <laughs> or in a club, they grab your hand and shit. It's just yeah. like. You know what? Oh, like everyone, like I mean, COVID has been hard for everyone, and that's fair, and I don't want to invalidate that. But like, I just have to say that, like. I didn't have to change anything. COVID's been great for me because, like, <laughs> I don't really like, you know, like the, you know, like the family gatherings or whatever, and like you apparently you have to go around and hug everyone. Uh, Every time you see someone, you have to hug someone. them hello and goodbye. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to. I don't need to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone get away, please. Yeah. Madam, goodbye. Yeah. Right. I can leave so fast because I don't have to hug everyone and get into some you sort of Irish goodbye. Always. Hey, okay. I've used that since. Always. Since I learned about it from you, I've used it. It is the. You just leave. Just leave. Yeah. So you say goodbye. Yeah. Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Bounce. <laughs> I didn't know it existed. You told me about it. I'm like, I'm gonna use it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. And you get known for it, and then all of a sudden, people just don't even realize you're gone. It's like you assholes, and you're just here. Okay, here I'll ask you my question once again. Thank you so much for coming on. Like, I was really, uh, I was excited to hear that I was having, uh, you know, that you were coming on here. And I lied, I did look at everything, right? <laughs> right? But I was really excited because, you know, it's important that people get to know people like you. Right? And yeah, I, right? it is because you are totally the example of how people need to be. I don't mean men, women, I mean people. You know what I mean? Like learning about from your mistakes, you know, coming up with a game plan and staying true to yourself. You know what I mean? And wanting to change the world. Thank I appreciate you. That, that really means a lot. No, I do. I appreciate it. Keep going and just know. You can, you have us here. You want any trickery? <laughs> Anything <laughs> happening? You know, where we, guys, we're going to start doing some trickery stuff. I <laughs> hope in the future we can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, open us up. Come in and create some sure. good chaos with you. Yeah, we don't. Good chaos. I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it'd be awesome. So here's my question What happens when you die? What, what happens? So you die. What happens? What do you believe? go to your version of utopia unless you suck unless you're a fucking trump then you just yeah. go into emptiness um do you think the brain has that okay so then do you physically go there like spiritually or whatever does something go there does the brain just kind of take you there is there a part of the brain that clicks mm -hmm. like a you know, like the magic pill you eat, you know, and the acid gets into you. Right? You know what I mean? Is it like that? Like DMT, what DMT is? Or do you actually, is there a spiritual place you go to? Or what do you think? Like, what have you always believed? That's a really good and profound question. 
Because um, you've thought about it before. Yeah, and you know, like, I'm, so I'm Hindu, and like, we're, you know... The main tradition. Yeah, raised, but, right, so you gotta live a good life, so you don't turn into a bug and get mm-hmm. smushed. Um, but then I guess you would just die and go into the next thing, so... <laughs> right? Um, but... I think that we have an energy, right? And I think that it makes sense that when we die, that energy goes somewhere. And I don't think that I will get to reap all of the benefits of all of the work that I'm putting in um, necessarily. But I have plenty of peace knowing that future generations will and I am going to like go to my perfect utopia where I just get to relax knowing that I left the world a better place and that I that I tried every day mm. good for you I'm just gonna chill okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's really the secret like the secret is do your very best you have a life do your very best make people happy make yourself happy your only responsibility you're not really here to change the world very select people actually change the world in history you go through time man there's not a lot of people true. but a lot of people waste their lives facts right big time so what's what do you do you go out there you don't waste your life well you kind of follow the pock ethos right you may not change the world but you spark as many brains as you can before you yeah. leave yeah. right so yeah impacts are they yeah. can be great or small big time and legacies aren't so great anymore. Like back in the day, like you mentioned yeah, Gandhi, yeah. he had there wasn't much happening, so his legacy was amazing. Right. Right. But now there's so much happening. Your legacy doesn't have to be this great big thing. You can do this little thing, right, and really make an impact on the world, right? But most people don't even try that little thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? They don't even bother trying. It's so fucking. And here we are with our egos, with the audacity mm-hmm. to think that we're gonna change the world. Yeah. All you gotta do is just try and do something. But we already have. Like, look, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm here. We're here. We're, like, engaging in really, really important conversation and discourse. And, like, we have the, like, purest of intentions Mm -hmm. and great plans. And, like, we're gonna make shit happen because we have ambition. Yep. Damn right. So we've already made change. Amazing. And we're gonna make more change. I love it. And I love the way you represent yourself. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm very yeah. thankful that you're here and that we got to meet. And you raised yourself well. I think it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she has. She is amazing. She's made a great, a great person. And uh, please make sure you check out the No Ties podcast as well. We'll make sure we put up all the links and um, so you have all the information. It's elite. It's no longer ACDJ. No more. It's over. It's Mike Olton. We'll give him a cool nickname. We'll find a cool nickname. Uh, it's not going to be... What's the other one? Teen Idol. Yeah, it's not going to be Teen Idol. <laughs> no. uh, it cannot be bad. Yeah, it's not that's a good not one. No, but we'll, we'll, find, so we'll find a good one. Right there. We'll find a good one. Yeah. Angelina, the place. Angelina. I praise y'all. Peace. Peace. It's awesome. It's so good. It's dope. Dope. Yeah. I really like that host. That was, I think that could be my favorite podcast. <laughs> I think that could be it's it. so cool. Right? It's like wireless. Yeah. He's a performer, so he's got to have the performance.